0: Right, Ube Allen Rams podcast, Rams episode, whatever it is, week five, in the books. This game actually happened on Thursday night. It is Sunday night, and I'm left here just trying to remember everything that happened a few days ago. And I'll say that I haven't said it on this podcast, but if you've somehow been listening to my nba podcast or talking about basketball you know that how i feel about back to back back to back nights playing nba basketball you know i don't like that i think it's kind of stupid that players are playing back to back games with no rest practically same thing goes for nfl games thursday night games i just don't i don't support it i never liked it in my years and years and decades, two decades, almost two decades of watching football, there's never a moment in time where I was like, I wish they played basketball or football on Thursday. There's, <laughs> I don't think every, anybody's ever asked for it. I still don't know why they did it. The answer is always like mo- there's money involved and there's pro- possibly like an opportunity for the league to make money, even though they va- they say that they value player safety and health it's clear that they don't really care that much as long as they get paid and here we are watching football with players coming off of just three days four days three days rest because you know a sunday night monday night tuesday wednesday okay four nights (laughs) four nights rest and expect them to play like high performance quality football on that amount of rest and that's just kind of stupid And I've never liked it, and I don't support it, but, you know, I still got to watch because, you know, my team's playing. And my attitude towards uh, back-to-back nights and uh, Thursday night games is that they don't technically count unless we win it. (laughs) So as long as we win the game, it it counts. But if we don't, I don't really care because it, I mean, it doesn't, it's, it's not really playing the team at full strength, at full rest. So with that said the rams won thursday night surprisingly or not surprisingly and i'll get to get to that later but yeah we're four and one now winning thursday night against seattle and again last thing about thursday night shout out to roger goodell because you know they usually put like bum teams or really bad matchups on thursday night football anyways but for this week they just so happen to put a very 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 critical important NFC West game on Thursday night football and on four nights four nights rest again so yeah shout out to Roger, Roger Goodell for doing that and you know it's huge because if the Seahawks lose their season they're, they're much more in the hole as they've already been or they're they're starting to dig a hole for themselves this season and again I'll get more into this later and then course us coming off of the huge loss against cardinals last week if we were to drop to three and two and then lose to seattle who would tie us at three and two it's just not ideal (laughs) and yeah let's get to it so first and foremost we gotta always talk about the great matthew stafford it's the the staff man staff daddy (laughs) i want to call him the staff man for now on it's just my new a new nickname anyways Stafford this is his first taste of the rivalry the Seahawks rivalry and playing in Seattle and no better to do it on four nights rest at (laughs) Seattle at night on national television on against a team that really needs to win a game so this was in my opinion I mean Stafford's played a good amount of high uh high what's the word high octane (laughs) or excite ah i don't even know the word hyped games i guess the most uh yeah he's played hyped games so far (laughs) i mean of course the uh, opener never it wasn't really a big game but the tampa bay game really cemented stafford as being ready for the moment and ready for these clutch situations where he has to step up uh i wish he could have done it done it last week too i wish the whole team could have done it last week but anyways it's a new game and stafford had to come into seattle one of the hardest loudest venues in all of football and one of the toughest crowds against a defense that is not ranked high again like i'm kind of shocked that seattle's defense is bad especially considering how much momentum they had ending last year against us, and they looked like they figured it out but they're one of the worst ranked defenses in the league and after this game it's kind of clear that why they're pretty bad <laughs> but stafford uh he got he was shaky a little bit he had some shaky moments which i'll get to later but for the most part, he had a solid, excellent A plus performance against Seattle on Thursday night. He looked excellent. There was another huge 90 plus yard drive in this game. There was another huge answer quality com- uh, answer drive, responding to Seattle's momentum. So he did that again, and he just continues to step up and he delivered a uh, body. I, I like. I like the term uh body shot after body shot before the seattle seahawks had to kneel down and take the loss and it was really really impressive and a lot of the the success i mean you would think it was all cooper cup which and he did have a good game but the player of the week who i'm going to give it to this week is none, none other than the great reliable old robert woods bobby trees and robert woods so far this season it's been kind of a really uh, been surprising that about it's been surprising seeing his lack of activity per se his lack of uh, touches in so far this season and that's for rams fans or at least during the mcveigh era rams fans that have watched robert woods it's just kind of odd Seeing him kind of be in the background because we 'cause we're kinda of used to him being very, very involved in the offense, especially back then, I mean, with Jared Goff too. We're used to seeing uh Robert Woods really uh whether it's a jet sweep or catching key receptions down the field for Jared Goff, I mean, he's become we I call him reliable Robert Woods for a reason. Even though Cooper Cup is kinda of being known as the guy with the good hands I think Robert Woods' hands is one of the best in the league. It's rare that he misses drop, you know, or or drops a pass. He's always making like a big, crucial catch sometime during the game. And just being an all-around great wide receiver. So it's been just really super odd just seeing him not be involved in the offense. And there is news this week around the Rams universe that there is a talk about Robert Woods maybe asking for more involvement in the offense not sure if it was him that requested it or something like that or if sean mcveigh told him that he was going to get more involved in the offense but either way whatever they talked about it definitely came true on thursday he was everywhere this game like him and matthew stafford have finally really reached a chemistry that is uh on par with his relationship with cooper cup that he is already established but now i mean i feel like robert wood or i feel like matthew stafford is kind of becoming more best friends or has a stronger relationship with robert woods now than cooper cup and I, i can sense a love triangle happening between these three and i'm just joking like they're very they're very unselfish wide receivers i mean I can't, I mean, I grew up watching uh, Torrey Holt and Isaac Bruce, and I've never been more uh, more proud, more uh, more uh, what's the word? More satisfied. I don't know what the word. More more satisfied with this wide receiver duo of Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. So it's just cool to see Robert Woods just finally find his place on his offense, and Matthew Stafford finally realizing that there's other ri- wide receivers than Cooper Cup because and it's good too because i felt like last week or this whole season i feel like matthew matthew stafford's just kind of relying too much on cooper cup and that's kind of not a good good thing that or a good thing on offense you kind of want to spread the ball around and i noticed in arizona in one of his bad passes where he got instantly pressured by the cardinals defense i noticed that he just tossed up a prayer to cooper cup who was clearly covered or maybe he didn't see him but there was a safety up top and a defender right on him but if he had just looked at robert woods crossing in the slot position he was actually wide open at play and that's something that i think stafford just i I was hoping that he was not falling into falling in love with cooper cup too much you know so it's so it's good to know that he knows that robert woods exists in his offense so yeah shout out to robert woods and welcome to the party (laughs) and it's good to see that offense and yeah again both woods and stafford played really well on thursday cooper cup was cooper cup as usual but yeah pure dominance on offense besides that i think stafford i I mean i've noted some stuff about matthew uh there's some issues with matthew stafford yeah he is way better than jared goff yeah he he's an mvp candidate yeah he's the quarterback that we've been searching for kind of we kind of want a scrambling quarterback but yeah there's some issues with matthew stafford and i've waited to make sure and get more evidence of (laughs) of stuff before i said it but now in week five i think i have a decent amount of evidence to really say what i'm about to say but matthew stafford has some serious inconsistency issues with his accuracy of course this week was really bad and what i what i'm noticing and the stuff that i really wanted to catch was is he under pressure was he hit while throwing was there something that messed up his mechanics or something that's making him throw these awful passes and what i've noticed now is that he's kind of throwing these passes just um on his own <laughs> meaning that he's not really he's mm-hmm. not really under pressure he's not he has all the time in the world to make these passes he's not rushed he's not rushing his mechanics and he's still like throwing like these really awful balls whether they're overthrown like he overthrew cooper cup again and then he uh under uh deshaun jackson again on thursday and i i just don't understand why <laughs> and the under throw the deshaun jackson actually uh worked out in his favor because uh deshaun went back to catch the ball and he was the only by, only person that saw the ball that was underthrown. So he actually was the only person to uh, react to it properly. And as a result, he had like a 70-yard catch. But yeah, again, underthrew Deshaun Jackson. He overthrew Van Jefferson on a easy third down conversion. He uh, und- underthrew uh, Cooper Cup, overthrew him again in the end zone. And then he uh could have led Cooper cup for an easy touchdown, but underthrew him, and yeah, so you kind of get what I'm saying like he's he's very inconsistent with his these throws and it's not like he's under pressure, which is very very worrisome. <laughs> I don't know what's going on like is it i i don't know i don't I really don't know I've never seen it before in a quarterback like he... you you could miss passes like not all quarterbacks are perfect everybody throws has a throw that gets away from them but just these past five weeks it's just really baffling to see some of the throws that he's been missing and that'll lead to my final talk about uh matthew stafford he had a very wild wild interception in this game and it it kind of reminded me of jared goff back then (laughs) and i actually had the podcast back then so you could listen to how my thoughts on that throw in that week but anyways uh we're in the end zone red zone and we had to score i mean any game but any game yeah you had to score but any if you want to be an elite nfl team you had to score touchdowns in the red zone period but at least score a field goal and especially in that game against seattle where you got to get any points but anyways for some reason we're under we're uh at the 10 yard line whatever Matthew Stafford is rolling out to his right and the play looks dead I mean you've seen it a bunch of times if you watch football like a quarterback rolls out and he's just taking his time taking his time and then you kind of know when the play's dead unless unless it's like Aaron Rodgers or something but or Mahomes but the play's dead and then Stafford he looks like he's gonna throw the ball out of bounds and he he throws it and i'm thinking it's going out of bounds but instead it lands like at the in the hands of the the seahawks safety somebody i think is it's not the safety but like somebody some cornerback he throws it to like a cornerback at the uh corner of the end zone instead of throwing it out of bounds and looking at like his reaction and looking at yeah the replay i guess it's clear that he was trying to throw the ball out of bounds, but one, he didn't throw it out of bounds or towards the sidelines. He threw it back towards the field. And two, he under he underthrew the ball, allowing the defender to be able to catch it at the corner of the end zone. So that's really baffling and really like, I mean, even Jared Goff's interception last year, like he he threw, I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know what happened that year but it's it's the same thing it's just a bad pass really stupid and that's like a football sin to throw that kind of interception in the red zone and usually like the football gods they would punish us for uh turning the ball over in the red zone but we ended up winning in the end anyway so it didn't really matter but anyways those are kind of like some issues with Matthew Stafford that I'm noticing and hopefully in these upcoming weeks when we play these really really bad teams he'll be able to work out his mechanics or whatever but yeah we got away with it this game at least (laughs) and that's all i can say about the offense now uh quickly defensive issues uh even though we only gave up like what 17 14 points this week they're still glaring defensive issue with this team we're not as strong as we were with brandon staley last year and of course yeah i'll get to it in a second but yeah our defense isn't good anymore (laughs) and one one sentence to uh really show how bad this defense has fallen off uh geno smith if you remember him uh if you if you can recall the name geno smith he he came in the game for an injured russell wilson and led a 90 plus yard touchdown drive against our defense okay so a backup quarterback should not lead a touchdown period against this defense let and then let alone like a 90 plus yard drive to a backup quarterback that's unforgivable and again like the football gods were kind to us on Thursday night we did not get punished for it but I feel like we will get punished for this in the future (laughs) hopefully it's within the next three games but and trying to figure out why our defense has gotten bad one reason why is our defensive back depth has really took a hit after losing John Johnson last year, and then Troy Hill as our uh, cornerback after uh, Darius Williams and Jalen Ramsey. Because, man, we had David Long Jr., he got exposed last week against the Cardinals. Like, he got beat by AJ Green and uh, DeAndre Hopkins, and then he got benched. And as a result, we had to throw in our rookie, who's clearly not ready. Uh, robert rochelle into the fire into seattle and he got exposed too. (laughs) i think one play was that him yeah he got burnt by tyler lockett which is not really it was i mean he burns everybody tyler lockett's a great wide receiver and i'm not really surprised that he out or burnt a rookie the defensive back but he burnt him burnt somebody and then i think he got a pass interference and then later uh i think when geno smith came in the game he, uh robert rochelle was somehow placed on dk Metcalf, and when you put a really really good wide receiver against a rookie defensive back and you just throw it up there it's a it's a mismatch so dk caught the touchdown and yeah it was kind of close game after that but yeah that is one of the issues is that we don't have good defensive backs after Darius Williams and Jalen Ramsey so and then the next issue is that Raheem Morris keeps putting Jalen Ramsey on weak wide receivers like how in the world did Robert Rochelle end up with DK Metcalf like that that should have never happened in any scenario Like, they should have called timeout. Like, they literally let that play happen. DK Metcalf one-on-one against Robert Rochelle. Like, that is the easiest, (laughs) easiest touchdown in the world. And again, that's another football sin that we will pay for one day. But that's kind of what I just don't understand about this defense is why is Jalen Ramsey not on the best wide receiver? Why is at least Darius Williams, like, why is he not on him? And it's just a scheme thing that i just don't understand and luckily it didn't cost us this week but i don't want to see that ever happen again and it's going to be an issue in the future and lastly last note um aaron donald and russell wilson are really really good friends like they constantly meet each other over the years and it's been one of my favorite best uh, i've been shipping that couple for so long it's one of my favorite uh duos in the NFL. But anyways, this one got rather uh unfortunate as one of them suffered a really gruesome injury. Russell Wilson ended up tangling his or hitting his finger on Aaron Ro- Aaron Donald's hand or arm, therefore like fracturing it, I think. And I I'm able to uh, I was able to see the results from that MRI and they said that it was like six to eight weeks or something like that so it's basically like drew breeze back in two years or two or three years ago when aaron donald injured him same injury too both of them broke their fingers against uh, aaron donald and it sucks for seahawks and i really like russell wilson i really respect him it's really unfortunate and i really hope that i really didn't want it to be that gruesome i want everybody to be healthy and so far that's two quarterbacks now two starting quarterbacks injured in the nfc west and it's really hurting them both teams i mean seattle seattle's kind of a mess right now their defense sucks and now they don't have a quarterback with russell wilson and chino's Gino's good but he's not russell wilson and with them at two and three and us and the cardinals kind of uh rolling away in the division it's not looking too good for seattle and then the niners jimmy g's hurt and i know i predicted that uh trey lance, trey lance would start eventually like around this time i didn't really expect it to be injury related and yeah jimmy g's out and the niners lost again today so they're two and three seahawks and two two and three too so not looking too good for those two teams and that basically leaves it to basically us and the cardinals and yeah luckily for us, we got a really really easy schedule coming up we just so happen to get the really really easy opponents from the other divisions like we get the bears and then we get the lions instead of the vikings and the packers and then we get the uh we get the giants (laughs) we get the new york giants next weekend that should be an easy win anyways that is the recap uh thursday night uh quick again let's summarize thursday night football sucks stafford shines in seattle robert woods has entered the party (laughs) there are stafford issues inconsistencies with his accuracy that are troubling our defense sucks uh get better soon russell wilson Till then, uh, next week. See ya. See you guys then at New York. Early game, 10 a.m. Peace.